Hey, story seekers, it's Nisha, and you are now listening to Nisha's Open Diary, where the stories are real and the tea is all about me. Welcome to my podcast. I am Nisha, and you are now listening to Nisha's Open Diary. On my podcast, I do story times. But not just any story times, story times of true life events that I have experienced firsthand over the course of my life. This week, I'm going to pick up where I left off last time. Today, I'm going to talk about another domestic violence incident and the abuse I experienced as a child at the hands of my father. I got her beat and she wanted to kill him. This episode is about the time my mother wanted to kill my father because she was tired of him. So without further ado, let's get into the story time. No family allowed. No friends allowed. Play with each other. Alienated from everything and everybody. We rarely got to socialize with the outside world. Only people allowed around us was the people he thought it was good to be around us. And it had to be okayed by him. We could be around like his family as in his mother and his brothers or his friends and their kids. So the thought of going somewhere and doing anything outside of the house was really something to us. I'm not sure where he got the money, but he tried to do something nice for us for a change. As a father, he decided to take us to this amusement park called Jaga Lake. Mind you, this was one of his tappy times, if you can call it that. He proceeded to making plans to go, and it was decided that him and his brother was going to take us. So it was him and his brother Bruce. Little did my mother know they were up to no good. And taking us to the amusement park was nothing more than a front, a cover for them to go mess with some females and hoe around. So as the day arrived, my mother got us all ready, you know, combed our hair, got us looking decent, got us looking nice to go out in public. He told my mother she could not go and she had to stay home and watch the house like she's a security guard of some sort. But I'm sure she didn't mind. Probably was the most peace she had in a long time. With us going and especially with him going. So eventually everybody was ready and we left the house. We started our journey on the way to the park. Okay. Now I know that everybody can remember the time they had as a kid going to an amusement park. And how much excitement you feel when you're approaching the park and you begin seeing the rides. It was one of those times where I thought that for once. Maybe I could create a good memory with my father. So as we got closer and closer, I was overwhelmed with excitement to go to the park. But still having that pitless anxiety churning in my stomach like I always did, it never went away. I thought it was going to be a happy time and a bonding experience with my uncle. And more importantly, with my father. Well, we get there. We find parking. We make our way through all the people because you know how it is when you go to amusement parks. People everywhere 
trying to get in themselves. So we eventually make our way to the front entrance of the park where you buy the tickets. But for some reason, we're just standing around waiting. Now keep in mind that there is no way in hell I'm going to question him on why we was not getting the tickets and going in. So I'm just thinking, what's going on? Because I keep hearing my father and my uncle talking, saying I wonder where they at, pacing back and forth, looking for somebody, looking through the crowds of people, trying to see if they see whoever it is they looking for. So maybe after 10 to 15 minutes of waiting, give or take a few, my father tells my uncle to come on and let's get the tickets and go ahead on inside. You know, they'll catch up with them later or whatever, or find them in the park or whatever. So we finally get the tickets and we get in the park. And he's asking us what we want to do first, what ride we want to ride. Mind you, we really scared to even engage him or talk to him for real. So he trying to ask us, but we're so slow to react, so scared to even open our mouth and say a word. So he decided on the ride for us. And after being in the park for about, I'm going to say, 40 to 45 minutes, here comes these two females talking about, we couldn't find y'all. Where was y'all at? So my father and my uncle is talking to these two stanks that they clearly knew. And do you know he had the audacity to try to introduce his side bitch to his kids? I can't remember if my brother spoke or said hi, but I know for sure. I just stood there mean mugging these thoughts. And my father and my uncle for that nonsense that they was doing. So after they was finished greeting each other or whatever, we walking around the park. He asking us if we hungry, if we want to ride some more rides, you know, trying to play the good father role for these hoes. Did they wit? And apparently he must have thought that we were blind, stupid, couldn't hear something because when the female he was supposedly talking to, the one he was with, asked him where they mother at, he told her that she ain't, you know, they ain't together. Just talking down on mother, he just told her that my mother ain't shit. She basically was trying to make her seem like she's a bad mother and all that type of stuff or whatever. Um... And he told her that he brought us to the park today to spend time with us or weather, whatever. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this chick just don't know. Go ahead, get with him. And you, in due time, you gonna find out when he gets to beating that ass. My initial feelings of we're gonna have a first good time, first a good day with him, quickly, and I do mean quickly, diminished. When the thought showed up. Me and my brothers weren't having fun for real. And we weren't there for none of it. Because again, you could never really be yourself around him anyway. You was almost scared to have fun or show any happiness or just be around him in his presence in general. We were all mad at him and I wasn't hiding it at all. Oh, and don't let me forget these thoughts had on thong swimsuits walking around the park. And they had some big old butts, BBL type butts. And now I don't know if BBLs was popping back in the 90s, but, but they butts looked like they had had some BBLs going on. And 
I was watching everything because I had to make sure that I took notes for my mother. At that point, I was no longer a little girl at an amusement park to have fun. I was a reporter. And I had every intention on getting home and telling my mother everything that happened. I literally was about to burst at the seams. I couldn't hold it another minute. Finally, we make it home. Well, actually, no. So, you know, when you go to an amusement park, it's kind of pricey to get in an amusement park, especially when you're paying for multiple people. So most people make a day of it and they stay there late until the amusement park is closing. And that's what we did. And it was late when we left or whatever. And so, you know, um, the park is closed. We're finally leaving or whatever. They say they goodbyes to their little thoughts. And, you know, we making our way to the car or whatever. And after we get in the car, he had the nerve to tell us not to tell my mother about the thoughts they spent the day with. After they used us to see them. So finally, we make it home. But it's late. So we just got ready for bed and went to sleep. The next day, he had somewhere to go. I don't know where he went, what he was doing. For all I know, he went to see that woman we was with the day before. I do not know. But what I do know is, he left and went somewhere. And however, it none of that mattered to me. I was on pins and needles, waiting for him to leave that house. Couldn't wait to see that car leave that driveway and drive down that street. And... They, that day at that park, they didn't care about taking us to that park. They did not care about taking us to that amusement park. It wasn't fun for us. And as soon as he left that next day, I ran. I was breaking my neck. Do you hear me? To go tell my mother what happened. And yes, she was upset. Even with all the beatings and the abuse she experienced, Somehow she still cared, still gave a fuck about him and wanted him. Otherwise, why would she have given two fucks? My brothers at first tried to hush me up, but I told them to shut up. And my mother was getting irritated by them trying to stop me because she wanted to know what was up. Because I was adamant about telling her. So I was telling her how they looked. Everything, you know, from head to toe, I'm telling her about these these chicks and how they had the swimming suits on up their butt and all the stuff he said. And yes, I pulled my pants down and I pulled my underwear up in between my butt cheeks to show her how the thongs are all up in their butt. And I was walking around demonstrating. And then my brothers joined in. And they was even showing her too. We basically imitating these chicks. And my mother looked pissed. I mean her face. You should have seen it. As most women are when they find out about their man cheating. Or talking to another female. But he took it to a whole other level. He took us along and didn't even care what he was doing. That he was doing it in front of us. Now most men go cheat. 
mess with women, try to talk to women, whatever the case may be, they don't usually involve the kids. They don't usually have the kids around to after the fact or something like that. But no, no, he that's just brazenly bold. Okay. And even though I wanted her to know what went on, because I didn't want him to make a fool of her. He was making her look like a fool. I quickly came to regret telling her. And I wish I had heeded my brother's warnings to keep my mouth shut and to stay quiet. She told us when he came home to go upstairs because she had intentions on confronting him. Would you know what that meant? She was getting beat up and beat down. At that point, I was scared. And I begged her to let it go and keep it to herself because he was going to beat everybody for it. Us for telling on him and her for questioning him and confronting him about his hoish behavior. And he had nerve enough to spend the day with that woman and have her all up around my mother's kids. Despite that, despite whatever happened, my pleas to my mother to keep it to herself wasn't working. It wasn't happening. She was pissed and she was waiting for him to get back. I prayed he stayed gone because I knew she was about to get beat up. Time went by and with every ticking minute, every ticking second, I, 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 I just prayed for him not to come back. I just, I just knew it was all bad. And before long, he came home. She confronted him. And like I knew, she, she got a beat down. And he told her, bitch, don't question me. So as expected, she took her beating and kept on pushing. But the next day, something my mother really truly broke. Because she was, she was ready to snap. And she was so different. That quiet, meek, submissive woman that I knew was angry and fed up. And that's what I mean by her being different. She was even talking differently. And she called us all downstairs into the living room. And he had went somewhere this day too. Because nobody ever let their guard down when he was home. And if he was home, she would definitely not have called us down for us to have a little meeting or whatever with him around. Like, no, we interacted differently when he was there. No, it just wouldn't have happened. And so she calls us down into the living room. And she was telling us that she was tired and she couldn't take his shit no more. And she reached behind this long black velvet sofa he slept on. And pulled out that shotgun he kept behind there. And she told us, when he walks through that door, I'm going to blow him away. And we're all just sitting there. Looking at our mother in disbelief. As she begins to load the bullets in the shotgun. And mind you, she does not know what time he's coming back. So she's in a rush. She's telling us this. And she's trying to hurry up and get prepared. 
we are scared out of our minds and we are begging her and pleading with her. No, ma, please. We are crying. Ma, no, please. We are petrified because we know what we, we just know. Because she also told us that if she missed, we were all dead. But we didn't need her to tell us that because we knew. She was even trying to practice holding the gun and trying to see if when she pulled the trigger, if it was going to break her shoulder or knock her off her feet. But our biggest fear was her missing. For her and for us, that was the biggest fear. And him gaining control of the gun and the situation. It would have been a terrible fate for all of us. So with so much at risk, so much fear involved, so much uncertainty and the probability of her missing made her change her mind. She unloaded the shotgun, put it back behind the couch, returned the bullets to their box, and we all went on and pretended like nothing had happened. Eventually, he came home and things continue on as they normally did. And to this day, he has no idea that ever happened. And either in 2015 or 2016, when I thought I wanted a relationship with him, I visited him at an apartment that he was living with his mother and brother at. And do you know he still has that shotgun to this very day or at least in 2015 or 2016, when I saw him again, he still had it. And like the person that he is, he always is brandishing it. And can you imagine in that moment how all the anxiety and the feelings from childhood felt as they rushed through my body? As I remember all of the things that we went through back then. As I tried to keep my composure in present day and try not to be fearful of him anymore as an adult. But there is still remnants and large traces of emotional trauma that he inflicted in me that I still live with today. And that very shotgun has a lot of history. Because that very shotgun he's always toting around. My other uncle, whose name is Reggie, shot him with that very shotgun. And across his back, from shoulder to shoulder, his skin looks melted. Like somebody who was in a fire whose skin just got melted. Or somebody who got a, some you know acid thrown on them or something. His back is really messed up looking for when he shot him because they do not get along. My father was abusive to not only us, but also to his other family. Uh, as in his mother, he beat up his own mother, threw her down the basement stairs. His brother, I haven't heard in recent years that he's abusing them currently today as of 2024. So it did not just begin and end with us and my mother. That is him, that is his character, that is who he is. 
And so that's why my, I don't know if that's the exact reason why my uncle shot him, but I do know that they don't get along. And that other uncle of mine, he, mine, he does not have a relationship with him, nor us. He, he wouldn't even know I was his niece if we walked past each other in the street tomorrow. But, um, and after this happened and I told my mother, I felt terrible because I felt like it was my fault that she got beat up. That could have been one less beating that she got if I would have just stayed quiet. But I just wanted my mother to see that he was no good for her. He's beating you. He's cheating on you and it don't seem like he give a damn about you. I just wanted her to boss up and realize that you can do better without him. And she was just blind, I guess, in love because I can't see it any other way. But this again was one of many incidents where... Domestic violence was at the forefront of my home as a child. And I grew up in a toxic environment. And I vowed that I would never let a man beat me and treat me like that. Because me and my mother are somewhat different. Because I would pull that trigger. Because I would never take the kind of beatings and the disrespect in the ill treatment that was afflicted upon her. But that is all for this episode. And I would like to thank you for listening. And I welcome you to tune in to my next episode where I'll be continuing this series on domestic violence and speaking on the time when I went to school and I told my fourth grade teacher what was happening at home. All right, Story Seekers, I am out. Make sure you follow me on all socials at Nisha's Open Diary and my website at nishasopendiary.podbean.com and stream this podcast on all platforms and I will meet you where the pen meets the diary. Until next time.